violin. True. He kills 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. Next time you see me. Have you heard this stuff about Gen Z trying to cancel Eminem? Uh, I, bits and pieces, but I, I don't watch the news, so I'm not in tune with what's going on. Uh, I, what I catch is like glimpses that show up in my YouTube feed, typically. I don't so. think it's on the news. I think it's just like thing that's going on, I guess. But they want to cancel him over something he said in like a more recent song and i'm like have you guys ever listened to the song called kim because he literally murders his wife in that song yeah i i think if you regardless of whether or not you approve his music i mean if you want to cancel it like don't buy his record like yeah it's pretty simple to just not listen to it yeah but yeah if you know anything about eminem you know before you like if someone says hey here's an eminem song or hey do you want to buy this eminem record like You've got to know what you're getting into. Yeah, like, exactly. People do it all the time. They go to comedian shows and, you know, you have that one uh, person in the audience that, you know, stands up and just has to let everybody know how offensive the jokes are. It's like, dude, you you bought a ticket. Like, you you had to have known some type of backstory uh, behind this. And yeah, it's yes, like, his... it's like going to a Gigi Allen show and then getting shit on and being like, I didn't want to get shit on me. What the hell is this? Exactly. What's no, if on? you're going to if you're going to a Gigi Allen show, you definitely know something of Gigi Allen, or you listen to shit that's very related to Gigi Allen. But and you better hope uh, to sh- fuck you did not just walk into a random show because you're about to be severely disappointed. Yeah, but I, I would say music. I mean, and this may not be their motive at all. I'm just you know playing devil's advocate here. But as far as being Gigi Allen or Eminem that is their type of therapeutic release. So, well, I mean, it gets a rise out of someone that's art. Art should make. You yeah, but I think they it. do it for them too. I mean, rap, just any music lyrics or poetry. So if you're writing music or you're writing song, uh, who am I to tell you what you're not allowed to write about? That's freedom of speech. Like that's, I, he, and we're talking about a white rapper that has gotten his fame and he's never used the N word in a lyric, which I think is fucking awesome. It is I awesome. So but cool. Let's get off of Eminem because we're talking about another white guy who uh, actually does hate black people. Well, you know, tomato, tomato, but yes, yes. Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen is uh, he yeah. is but a anyway, rough character. Welcome to the Punk chilling. Rock. Yes. Welcome to the chilling truth, everybody. I am Corey and I'm joined by Johnny and uh, all the music talk. Yeah. We're talking about Gigi Allen today. He's not, He's not a serial killer. Um, he's not. He's not really a. I mean, he's a criminal, but I mean, he's not typically what we cover. Uh, Elsa did ask me who he was fairly recently, and so I showed her a four-minute video of him performing. And about four seconds in, he shits in his hand and throws it at the crowd, and she lost interest pretty quickly after that. Understandable. Yeah, Understandable. makes makes total sense. <clears throat> But anyway, no, we're going to talk about Gigi Allen. He, uh, like I said, he's not a serial killer. He's just a weird fucking dude who did a lot of weird fucking shit. And uh, yeah, he was born, well, Kevin Michael Gigi Allen was an American punk rock musician and songwriter who performed and recorded with many groups during his career. Allen was best known for his controversial live performances, which often featured 
transgressive acts, including self-mutilation and assaulting audience members for which he was arrested and imprisoned on multiple occasions. Uh, he would also shit in his hand and throw it at the crowd. He would piss on the crowd. He would break beer bottles over his own head. Uh, I mean, anything you could think of that is self-degradation, he did it at his shows. Like, he was he was doing that shit. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 one way to to describe him, for sure. I mean, he was just he's just a wild and crazy guy, being you know wild and crazy, doing wild and crazy stuff. <laughs> just living it up. He was young. I mean, he was he was. One I of mean, those young kids that grew up in the punk scene. So you know, youth is forever, anarchy. Like you just, I don't know, like that whole like I don't give a shit about nothing attitude. I miss it. I miss not giving a shit about anything. But. Oh, dude, me too. I miss, you know, I literally used to work at Kohl's and I would, this is, you know, way less than anything Gigi Allen ever did, but I would, uh, I'd have to work at six in the morning. You know what I would do? I'd stay up all night and then go to work at six in the morning and work eight hours and then hang out with my friends that night. If I even stay up past like 10 o'clock now when I have to get up at six, I am not good the next day. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, that... It's. I think it's healthy for anyone to experience, uh, especially anything that they're passionate about, even if it does mean pulling an all-nighter and trying to be responsible, trying to figure out how you can function in society while kind of being the person you want to be. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't I passionate it. about Coles. I just didn't no, want to I was talking about – Oh, like, but the you know, going to shows, staying out late. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's always yeah, fun. That's always a good you time. You risked it because you were passionate about it. I think. Well, let's I, get into I, Gigi I, Allen. Let's go ahead and talk. Let's that. talk about him. He's the the man of the hour today. So, Gigi Allen was uh, he was born on August 29th, nineteen fifty six, at Weeks Memorial Hospital, uh, and that was in Lancaster, New Hampshire. His birth name was Jesus Christ Allen, and yeah. So, and he and he was born uh, to Merle Colby and Arletta Marie Gunther. I honestly think if he had kept the Jesus Christ name, it would have been more punk rock because uh, he was so far from being godly. Uh, it would have just been that more blasphemous, and I think it would have been pretty fucking cool. But he decided to change it. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if I put in here why he goes by Gigi, but I'll go ahead and say it. His brother Merle. Uh, who was older than him, weirdly couldn't say Jesus Christ, so he called him Gigi, and then he just kept going by that. Yeah. I mean, I get how it came about. But I I, I think it's even more punk, punk rock that you're a grown man and you let people call you Gigi. It kind of sounds like he's a grandma, honestly. Gigi sounds like a grandma. Yeah, I guess so. Who well, shits Gigi... on herself and pisses her pants and wears a jock strap. <laughs> well, maybe, you know. Punk rock grandma. Lur- Learn behavior. There you go. So Gigi had an older brother named Merle Colby Allen Jr. I think they picked the uh, most white. They were like, what's the white trashiest names we can give our children? Jesus Christ well, he and was Merle. Named after his, yeah. Well, he's named after his father. So that his doesn't make it. A, thought, yeah, it doesn't, you know, doesn't make it any better. So. But I <laughs> Right. But Gigi was born into squalor from the get go. His family lived in a rundown log cabin that didn't even have running water in uh, Northumberland, New Hampshire. 
Um, I have no idea where that is, but no, I'm imagining it's, it's in the middle of a forest. It <laughs> sounds like they lived <laughs> so, with raccoons. So, uh, yes. Uh, Merle, uh, Gigi's father, would often mention that he wanted to commit suicide with his wife and his kids. You know, just in passing. Uh, just Yeah, I think I'm going to fucking kill yeah, myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, no big, big deal. deal. Don't so worry. When, so when Gigi's mother would bring him things she likes, Merle would take them out in the yard and bury them. No, this is when she brought home things that she liked. He yeah. would take them outside and bury them in the yard. Yeah. Like a fucking crazy person. Or a dog. <laughs> yeah, or a dog. You know? These are my <laughs> things now, lady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're never going to find Mine. this. But he's a drunk, yeah. so he, now he forgets where it's at. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I got all these fucking holes out here. I don't know where I put that fucking uh, necklace. So on one occasion when Arletta refused to have sex with him, uh, he took the the bed outside and burned it. <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. I don't condone that. I'm just saying he's like, if I'm not gonna have sex with this bed, what's the point of having a bed? And then I'm sure he regretted it later on. Oh, it's very impulsive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they didn't have running water. I doubt they could just run down to mattress firm and pick up a new Tempur Pedic, you know. No. So eventually, Gigi's parents divorced. Naturally, on February second, nineteen sixty-two. Noah's birthday. This is a. Non, I mean, two thousand eighteen, but you know. Nineteen sixty-two. He's very old. <laughs> <laughs> He's Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this was around the time Arletta changed Gigi's name from Jesus Christ Allen to Kevin Michael Allen. Thank God! Uh, Can you imagine trying to get a job with Jesus Christ being your name? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I guess I guess a lot of Hispanic cultures do that. Jesus Christ? I don't think anyone is named Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, there's a lot of Jesuses out there. Yeah, but so, I doubt their middle names are Christ. So, it was now Merle Jr., Gigi, and Arletta living in Emma's house, which was Gigi's grandma. Gigi's uh, Gigi. Yeah. Well, uh, and, well, one of the things that Grandma Gigi had said, Oh, Gigi said this about his grandmother. She said this she about said, his grandma. Yeah, okay. She was a mean bitch. I hated her myself, and I know she hated me. When my mother would go out, we would always have to stay with her. She would threaten me and Merle that she was going to lock us in the cellar with the rats. I don't know, man. You're pretty punk rock. You should like that kind of shit. You should be fucking biting the heads off those rats like Ozzy Osbourne did to that bat. I don't know. I don't think any kid wants that. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe he just he got to find yourself. You know, you got to hang out with some rats to find out who you really are. I guess so, man. Um, yeah, so many splinter jokes, but I'll save them. Uh, but the truth... <laughs> He's going to put us in the sewer with the rats, and then he turns it to the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> there you so, go. I found one. But the uh, the trio would stay on 15 Mechanic Street in Lancaster with Emma for several years after this. Uh, I'm going to interject uh, here really quick. I know I did put the address. There's a couple more addresses in here, but I did hold back on some of the details. I took your advice. I held back a bit. Yeah. I mean. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Let's see how it goes. Let's see what people think. Cool. Well, Gigi's first years at Lancaster Elementary were rough for him. Uh, he wasn't popular and didn't fit in with anybody. He missed a lot of days because he had terrible asthma. You mean the smelly kid with tattered clothes and asthma didn't have friends? You mean he did? He missed a lot of school. There's a lot of his. Another <laughs> obvious one. So. He was not liked by teachers or students. 
Uh, which kid. is rough, but I can believe it. As an educator, yeah, unfortunately, you get a lot of teachers that kind of forget why they're there, and they 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 have these. There's not a good reason ever, in, in my opinion. But you have, you know, either the kid that doesn't know how to hygiene, or the kid that comes from a broken home, and he, and you know he displays you know negative behaviors at school. A lot of teachers are quick to give up on these kids. I My thing is, if I'm a teacher and I'm nice to the smelly kid, now I'm friends with the smelly kid. All the kids are going to make fun of me, and I'm not. You know, I got to bully him like they do. I got to fit in, right? Isn't well, that how it works? I mean, Aren't you on the I, same I mean, level with the kids? That's how it works for a lot of people. Yes, I mean, people would rather be part of the the stronger team or the uh, the, the majority than uh, be, of course, well, a minority, but you know, someone who's getting the the, the beatings. I feel like I would. You know. I feel like I would have hung out with Gigi when he was younger, and then as he got older, I'm like, hey, hey Gigi, let's uh, <laughs> take it back a bit. You're shit in your hand. You have it on your chest. Let's uh, yeah, dial that's it back. Yeah, possibly so. what would have had to happen, unless you were just so influential <laughs> that you changed his life. And, <laughs> I just turned know. him into some totally different person. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So no, it's 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 it, it sucks but yeah he probably wasn't liked by his teachers just as much as his peers well i feel like he was probably a living nightmare of a child as well because well, his father was the way he was his grandmother hated him and verbally abused him probably well, physically that's the thing. as well and a lot of pe- like teachers and students students are still trying to figure out how to live in the world they don't they they do what's cool so when you've got uh, when you've got a kid like Gigi, yeah, no one looks at, uh, they're, they're looking at him like, why are you such a fuck up? Like, no one's asking, oh, well, let's find the root of the problem. Let's let's see what kind of home life he has. Let's see yeah, no, that's too bullshit. rational. We're just going to fucking right. dip his head and, in the toilet. I mean, I get that a kid is not going to think that way, but it would be great. And there's no excuse for the adults in the building. To, of course to, not. But now we're going to see Gigi finds his calling right here. Well, so... Gigi's first years, uh, they they were rough for him because he had the asthma and all that shit. He was uh, he man, the fact that he wasn't liked by anybody just bums me out. But I can tell it's his, really it's really upsetting you. Well, his mother was always listening to music. Okay, so one day Gigi bought himself a Monkees record and joined a, a record club. It was a club for kids that had records. I guess that's Gigi honestly would, really cool. I would love to be part of that club. Yeah. Not with the kids, but you know. Well, it's way better than a book club, I would say. I would hey, come on now. I read a lot are of you books. A... I know. Are you in a club? Maybe with myself. Does that count? No, it's not. Anyway. I pay a membership. Anyway, Gigi would beg, borrow, and steal to get his records. He started beating on chairs like they were drums to play along the records. Eventually, his mother bought him an actual drum set, and Gigi said, <laughs> I totally destroyed them within a month. I needed something durable, but I would continue beating on what I could. Gnarly. Fucking so, punk rock. For the next few years, Gigi and some friends would get uh, get some cheap equipment and started jamming together. Tensions were growing at Emma's, and Arletta couldn't handle handle it anymore. I guess it was getting a little stressful around everybody. She moved to Lunenburg. I think I'm saying that right. Lunenburg, Vermont, uh, to live with Joe and Val Forrest, who are friends of hers. Uh, Gigi was 11 and going into the sixth grade. Joe and Val had a daughter named Kathy. And we all see and, where uh, this is going. They fell in love. They got married. Gigi got a great accounting job at a law firm. Um, and Kathy became a homemaker. They had two beautiful kids. And that's the end. Not quite. No? So that's Gigi not what happened? Said, 
Well, he said he was sexually attracted to Kathy and also her mother. Oh. So that would complicate things. Mm -hmm. uh, Gigi would often go to the bathroom, dig through the women's laundry, and sniff their underwear and clothing. <laughs> yeah. He said it really turned him on. So not what, so, not the so thing I said. No, no. Well, I mean, not yet. Pretty so, far from what I said. <laughs> so, I mean, so soon, Gigi met a boy named David who was into music uh, as much as he was, and they became friends pretty fast. They'd jam at David's house, and in between practices, they'd go to David's cellar and steal his dad's homebrew. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So they'd sit around, sniff airplane glue, and fucking just <laughs> bang away on the drums. The good you know? old days, man, where you could just sniff yeah. airplane glue and get high. Yeah. I don't even know if it makes you yeah. high. Do they even sell it anymore? I don't, I've never sniffed I glue. Think everything's, I think marker's glue, everything's non-toxic these days. <sighs> fucking snowflakes. Like, you might give yourself a migraine, but... Oh, I don't need help with those. Yeah, no, not at all. But I'm, yeah, I've never huffed or sniffed or any of that jazz. Yeah, no, I have all my, I had all my teeth my whole life, and so did my parents. Dude, well, so I never really needed to huff. Paint. Yeah, but not even that. Like, dude, you have like rich white kids doing like the dust off shit. Like, I would watch my friends huff that fucking air can. I'm like, you guys are morons. Like, well, they would black out. And they'd fall out. Like you'd have to have friends catch you. Or they'd fall on the on the mat. Did you ever do shit. the choking game? I never did that. No. One. I was always too well, scared. See, that's my thing. I, not only did I never do the the hand choking thing, that's fucking ridiculous to me. But I would watch my friends do this, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm doing that." Like, it I'm does, just not... doesn't seem like fun. I, even at a young age, I think for some reason, I don't know what you know, I was exposed to to kind of put it, you know, that thought in my brain, but. From from the start, I I kind of already knew. Hey man, uh, you're cutting off oxygen to your brain. <laughs> Seems dumb. Um, it doesn't seem like the smartest thing you could fucking do. I guess it's a good thing you're not going to be using your brain very much in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, typically, if you're on the path of huff and glue, <laughs> you're you not going to be you know an accountant at a law firm. Yeah, dude. So anyway, no, it was never my thing. Well, anyway. <laughs> Moving on, David and Gigi also started doing uh, what almost every sociopath starts doing at a young age. He started stealing. Uh, Gigi would go to school, leave after the first bell rang. He would hitchhike to St. Johnsbury, Vermont, uh, and he would just go shoplifting up there. <laughs> they basically, yeah, they'd basically steal anything that wasn't nailed down. Uh, they'd steal clothes. They'd steal records. Uh, black lights, because that was the thing. Black lights are uh, still cool, though. I would love to get yeah, like a bunch sweet. of them. A bunch of them, and yeah. anything. <laughs> basically, they could get out of the store. If they could lift it, they were taking it. They'd usually keep the records and sell off the other stuff to kids at school. Some kids even placed orders, quote unquote, with Gigi and David, and they'd steal the things the kid wanted. They were running a little criminal enterprise, dude, in fucking exactly. school. Exactly. Yeah, well, it wasn't long before they were breaking into cars and houses to to steal things. Oh yeah, of course it's gonna it's gonna escalate because they're not gonna keep getting they're gonna want other people's stuff. And I'm sure Gigi stole plenty of women's underwear as well because he was a little pervert. Of course, but you know when he wasn't stealing, Gigi had other ways he was making money. Okay, this is a quote from the book. I didn't even mention the book. The book is called America's Favorite Son, uh, and it's a Gigi Allen autobiography. You can find it on Scribe, the PDF version, if you want to pay $10 a month like I do. But anyway, this is a quote from Gigi. He says, <clears throat> I remember babysitting for two young boys, the Johnsons, Bert, and Marsh. Their mother was just divorced and she dated a lot. Another bitch I thought was hot. I didn't mind babysitting because I had so many benefits. First of all, Marsh had a drum kit, so I would play him most of the time. 
Secondly, I thought more panties of their mother, Betty, and personally, I was sexually attracted to the young boys as well. They were pretty like their mother. Most, most people in the town considered Betty a whore, but that only turned me on all the more. I remember teaching the boys a game. We would take all their mother's underwear out, and would, I would tell them that I was going to wrestle with them and force them to suck their mother's panties. They thought it was gross, but I had a plan. Just before bed, they would get into their underpants, and then the game would begin. We would wrestle, and I would let them win. They would put the panties in my mouth victoriously, and it was such a sexual turn-on. I would come in my pants without them even knowing. When we were done, I would take the panties for the rest of the night and force them to bed with Marsha's own BB gun. If they gave me a hard time, I shot BBs into their skin, and they would go to bed crying. Then I would spend the rest of the night jerking off. I got paid for this. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, wow, dude. Wow, man. Fucking wow. Yeah, dude. That's like some Albert Fish fucking potatoes down over under fucking bullshit where they played games with those kids. His was a little more sinister, but... uh. But anyway, for, for time's sake, we're going to skip over all the various bands Gigi was in before he made it to Malpractice and the Murder Junkies because that's like when Gigi really becomes Gigi. Uh, and so, yeah, Malpractice was the first band he ever toured with. Uh, so we'll get into his uh, onstage antics here a bit. And his just all around, I don't know, what do you call it? Irresponsibility? Uh, just... Fuckery. Yeah. Fuckery, dickheadery. I don't know what you yeah, want to call just it. Irresponsible. Just, just being a, a a menace, a fucking menace. I would compare Gigi like you, uh, Carl Panzram, who was <clears throat> a killer back in like the nineteen, I don't even know, like the eighteen hundreds or something. I can't remember the dates, but basically, Carl Panzram referred to himself as a one man apocalypse, and that's honestly, I feel like Gigi was the musical version of. Carl Panzram, because he just didn't give a fuck about anything. He did whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. He just, the only thing that would stop him was either death or the police. And other than that, he just did what he wanted, didn't give a shit what anybody else said. And he's just so right, intense. But like you said, I think, that, I think that's part of the character. I think that... No, but it wasn't a character. He was this. Well, he didn't have an onstage, offstage right, thing. Right, but when we talk about it, it's a fucking character. It's a personality. Okay? Yeah. So... With this type of personality, it, it, it it's it's almost like poetic justice. The only way out is to be your own demise. So that's part of their. It's part of the show. Like if they don't know when it's going to end, but they're they're pretty sure that that is how it's going to end. And they're probably so, hoping for it because <laughs> it sounds right, like a know, nightmare. That are, you you got to You've got to think that you know guys like uh, you know. Uh, Jim Morrison or um, fucking River Phoenix, like those guys that kind of went out too young too soon in that fucking, you know, Sid Vicious. There's got to be some, like those, Sid Vicious knew that, that like those guys, like they were quoted at times saying that, yeah, they were just going to live fast and hard and just fucking crash and burn. But it takes like, a just, certain type of, of brain to feel that type of way you oh, know what absolutely. I mean absolutely but, but you go to the, it goes to the childhood dude the, the, the type of brain that is it, it, during development years are neglected and abused this is the product I get nervous going over the speed limit and there's not even cops around I couldn't imagine right but that's why you don't have to worry about your kids being fuck kids as long as you uh, are obeying, obeying laws and, and you're conscious about making right from wrong decisions that's all you can ask to pass on to your fucking kids. 
You know, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that thing where it's like if you feel if you're afraid that you're a psychopath, you're not a psychopath. That kind of thing. Like you don't. Yes, exactly. If you're you, worried about it, be, you're not. You'd have to be crazy to understand crazy. Exactly. So, uh, it, yeah, like it, most parents are doing an all right job. It's chaotic <laughs> and hectic. I mean, I I know kids myself, but being an educator, I work with a lot of families. All my friends have kids. Your jobs are maniacal and I do not want any part of it. Thank but you. But there's some kind of like <laughs> at the same time it's beautiful. Oh, that's really sweet. You know what I mean? Do you want to like help me put my kids to bed tonight? Because it's a fucking nightmare. Hell no, dude. <laughs> but it's no, beautiful. Not at all. Once they go to but, sleep, it's beautiful. Yeah, well, just the whole process. I, day by day. Each there's gonna be days where there's nothing beautiful about that day and it was fucking terrible for you. Yeah, I'm sure. of course. But you know, 20 years down the road is when you actually look at it and you're like, you know, okay, this was beautiful. Okay, we got to get back to the show because we're showing a lot of feelings right now and we got to get back to I our think, hard warrior is, exteriors. I think it's relevant. I, you know, I, I was answering your question as far as how someone could, you know, get to this point. No, it's definitely, it's I mean, we see it, abuse. we see it time and time again with serial killers. They just, the childhood, it's hard to feel bad for them when it's hard to not feel bad for them when they're children. But as they get older, you're like, wow, you should have just been fucking annihilated at birth. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, it, yes, you're, it does get easier to say that as they are, uh, you know, older. But yeah. At the same time, it's like, yeah, still kind of bums me out that you just didn't have a you, you'd have a good start, man. Right, you're dealt a bad hand, just like Gigi and not Laurel. a bad hand. People can turn things around, but like a good, like there's a, there's a huge difference between uh, a good start and a bad start. You know, everybody has their own obstacles, so your bad start could have been worse than my bad start. Or, right, you know, whatever. But anyway, let's get back to yeah. Gigi here. We're at Gigi and Merle. Took out a loan. Oh yeah, scroll down too far, I think. Um, so anyway, yeah, so Gigi and Earl took out a loan, uh, and they bought an old Howard Johnson's bread truck to do their tour. Doesn't and seem like the best tour vehicle, but all right. It was in their price range, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, sure. <laughs> so they landed Ed Malhoyt as their agent. He had worked with Aerosmith in their early days, actually. And when they started playing shows, they got the same feedback each time. Uh, too loud, too weird, too fast, and too original. Yeah, I put too original, but basically the quote said, like, play something we know, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's a that's a common thing. I mean, you know, you grew up going and hanging out in the music scene. I grew up hanging out. So when you see – I love seeing uh, whether you're busking on a sidewalk with just an acoustic – or you're a band I've never seen before. I want to hear you play your stuff. I yeah, don't like I don't want to hear other bands. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Majority. Yeah, like the, the hardcore people scene. People love Top 40, dude. But when, the, like just, with the hardcore scene, people will do a lot of covers, but it's usually just for fun. Like they don't do it. They'll do it like, you know, it's just to get hype. Like they'll open with like a cover exactly. to get everybody hype, but, but it's not like multiple covers. It's not. And that is a huge reason uh, to why the hardcore scene uh, is so small that it's almost non-existent. Because yeah. the majority of people, first of all, they don't understand the whole uh, beat blast combination with standing your ground. So they stick to top 40, you know, 
pop and country yeah. and stuff. Of course, yeah. And they can sing along with it. People like stuff that they can, you know, what was it? Um, in Bohemian Rhapsody, when they made We Will, We Will Rock You, they kind of explained, like, people love a song that they can participate. They want to be a part of it. Yeah, give me a R-O-C-K, that kind of thing. Yeah, so as, as long as people can be a part of it, dude, they're probably going to love it. Yeah, exactly. That's why TikTok's so fucking hot, dude. What? That's a hand dance I can do? TikTok, like... is, TikTok is fun. I waste a lot of time on that app. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never looked at it. Moving on. It's pretty So, fun. anyway, people didn't like his Too Fast, Too Original music. And, uh, yeah, this is a quote from Gigi again. So it says, I remember one high school we played in New Hampshire where we were all stoned. We got up on stage, turned the amps to full throttle, and just started screaming, fuck you cunts, fuck school, fuck authority, let's riot, and played our nastiest set. The principal came up on stage and tried to stop us, but he stood there looking stupid because we kept right on playing. Jeff even gave him the finger to his face. The cops were then called in, and we were forced to leave with only half of our promised pay. Uh, first of all, if I had an agent and I was in a punk band and they booked me at a high school, I am firing that agent. Why? <laughs> yeah, and it's I mean, like, it's, not okay, we're not playing yeah, a high school where like everybody's gone and like there's a bunch of people like me there. We're like playing like a talent show. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's honestly really funny and like super petty of Gigi, but on the album, um, always is, always will be, whatever, something like that. I can't remember the exact name, but uh, he puts, uh, you know how that band's put like a thank you section on the record sleeve? Yeah. Gigi put no thanks and put L. Malhoid's <laughs> name on there. <laughs> and then like a bunch of other people's name. I'm like, you fucking little uh... bitch. <laughs> so, Such a little crybaby. Well, soon after this, Ed quit and the band needed another agent. So after they'd gotten a new agent in Maine, the remainder of their shows were in Maine. Uh, Gigi said they either played in front of people who adored them or they fucking hated them. Uh, they picked up a fourth member, Brian Demers. They all hated Brian, but he had money and equipment, and Gigi said their equipment was shit. So <laughs> okay, man, just... a good carpenter never blames his tools. Well, I, I guess, especially if you're in like the like punk scene, like everything's distorted. Anyway. It's supposed like, to sound like shit. That's the whole point. That's why I like yeah. that. It, I like that it's recorded. It sounds like it's recorded in a fucking living room with like one microphone <laughs> in the middle of the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, while on tour, Gigi and Merle were both fired from their jobs, so when they got home, they had to find new work. Yeah, I guess they Gigi... weren't like, maybe I should request time off? I'll just go, whatever. Like, Yeah. <laughs> well, he was still with his longtime girlfriend, Sandy. After Sandy graduated, they were get, uh, they were going to get married, and then they were going to move away, uh, and then Gigi was also uh, sucking on her, quote-unquote, and her mom's underwear, uh, I don't know why that would be in quotes because he was literally uh, sucking on. It's those, <laughs> so weird, dude. Uh, and then doing his masturbatory routine. No, no, no. Um, Read what I put. Uh, Read it. Um, uh, he, he, jerking off more uh, as more as much as I was breathing. Yeah, I think there's supposed to be a comma in there, but that's how it was quoted. So that's how I put it, but. Uh, yeah, he was like a chronic masturbator, big time. Uh, he'd go to Sandy's after work, have sex with her for like three to four hours, which I feel is excessive. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then jerk off on his drive home while driving. You know how horny you have to be to jerk off while you're driving? Youth, man. 
Fuck yeah, you. dude. Yeah, definitely didn't drive a stick shift because that would be a fucking but, problem. But I mean, obviously from the beginning, I mean, he was—he's been sexually driven by. Yeah, he's like, oh man, he's intense. So, Sandy and Gigi stayed together for a while. Uh, she would eventually request Gigi to get a professional help because he was fucking insane. Yeah, and, yeah, very much so. And then uh, he started playing in a band called Gigi Allen and the Jabbers. Uh, they did the usual Gigi Allen antics, attacking the crowd, throwing tables, uh, Gigi beating himself up on stage. Uh, it wasn't long before they were on everyone's blacklist. They were able to get some shows here and there, uh, but recording an album was really their plan. Uh, they recorded a 10-song LP and decided it could also be used as a live backup if something <laughs> happened to Gigi during the show. Uh, if he was late, if he was arrested, or anything that could potentially happen. I mean, at what point Gigi. is it like no longer punk rock? Like, what at what point is it like no longer fun to like be like this? Like, everybody's got to be like, dude, this is like it's cool that you're you know you're free. I get it, you're free spirit, you're butterfly. I understand, but like we got a show to play, trying to make a few bucks, and we can't do that if you're not even here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got to be an inconvenience at some point. Absolutely. And a lot of bands don't last because of... Well, that's why he was in, like, 15 bands before he was, like, 20 years old, because he's just, like, a maniac. But uh, real quick, I want you to uh, read that uh, track listing for that record, please. Oh, dude, there's a few good ones. Yeah, Uh, yeah. uh, Bored to Death. Pretty. uh, That's normal. Pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Beat, beat, beat. Mm -hmm. Like that one on the drums. I got that one. Yeah, or masturbation. Yeah, that too. Uh, one man army. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, one of my favorites, ass face. What's that now? What is it? Uh, ass face. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that insult. Yeah. yeah, I got that one. Yeah. Uh, pussy summit meeting. What? Uh huh. What now? <laughs> what is it? I, I believe I believe that song is about a meeting <laughs> at the top of uh, a pussy. <laughs> is it snow capped? So. Is the real question. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what season it is. I'm not okay, sure yeah, yeah. When he wrote this song, but uh, another one would be uh, uh, it would be Cherry Love Affair or Cherie mm-hmm. Love Affair. Pretty normal, like yeah, like that one. Yeah, uh, Automatic. All the rest bad. of these are pretty I mean, pretty normal yeah. song titles. Yeah, just those ordinary. Just those two in the middle kind of throw a wrench in the thing. Yeah, uh, I need adventure, which probably you know maybe he was just kind of you know uninspired for a few days and he wrote that yeah. one. Probably. Um, don't talk to me. So maybe he was still. That song is really weird. I listened to that one, and he's like singing. It's very weird. Um, unpredictable, which is a pretty. Yeah, it's him. Uh, yeah, that's a yeah, biopic. Uh, uh, and uh, and then another one would be like 1980s rock and roll. So yeah, pretty good. Real quick, I'm gonna list off some of my favorite Gigi Allen song titles, and you let me know what you think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got number one, needle up my cock. Oh, cool. Suck my ass. Mm, yeah, that's a good... Oh, no, no, sorry. Suck my ass. It smells. Sorry, that's that one a, That's one title. It's one is song. Is that a ballad? Yeah. I think it was Top 40, 1986. Uh, sleeping in my piss. Antisocial masturbator. Cunt-sucking cannibal. Fucking the dog. I want to piss on you. Abuse myself. I want to die. And clit licker. Yeah. It's beautiful, not exactly man. A, not exactly a family-friendly album. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get much radio play with those stuff. And no. up next, everybody, we got Needle Up My Cock by Gigi Allen and the Jabbers. I don't think you're going to hear that ever on the radio. No, no. 
Yeah, so, yeah a little, well, a little, a little strange. On one occasion, Gigi Allen and the Jabbers were set to play at Lowell <laughs> University. Yeah, that dude was fired as soon as they yeah. got off stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Ted, you are out the fucking door. What is this nonsense? Yeah, well, during the show, the band came out on stage and they said, this. "You motherfuckers, yeah. we're ready to play for you, cunts. So pay attention." Which is a great start. I mean, uh, is it? I would be like, okay, dude, chill the fuck no, out. I'm like trying to enjoy cr- this. Know your crowd, man. You I just... guess. He didn't, though. He's at a university with a bunch of frat guys. Well, uh, following this announcement, uh, Gigi pulled his pants down right away, started masturbating on stage while the band played. Mm. Then, then he got down and started throwing chairs and tables at the crowd. <laughs> They soon started throwing them back at the band. Where's the fun? Uh, Where's the good time? It's rock and roll. Man. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's a bar so the, fight. So the cops busted in with billy clubs and helmets on and, and broke up the show, obviously. The cops made them leave and told them to leave town or be arrested, but there was a frat party on campus they wanted to attend. Oh, my God. Yeah, so they hid out and waited for the cops to leave, and they snuck into the party. They weren't there long before they busted in again and the band was arrested. I just pictured Gigi Allen with his jock strap, a Hawaiian shirt unbuttoned with like a visor backwards and flipped up with like two beers in his hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. And like Sperry's on. This isn't where I parked my car. <laughs> uh, so they were still terrorizing the music scene, but having a hard time booking gigs. I wonder uh, why. Gigi... Yeah, well, he again, he would he play with various bands over the next few years after this, uh, even getting an offer to move to New York City and join a band as a drummer. Uh, Gigi even had loyal followers. He called them the goons. Basically, they were there to get the crowd riled up and cause destruction. Now, I went I went on tour back in like 2010, uh, 2010 or so with a friend of mine's band called The Line of Wall Street. You should you guys should check them out. They're really good. Uh, and I was basically their goon. I mean, we played a show in Amarillo with a band called Cannonball. Uh, and when Tilo started playing, I threw this trash can full of garbage like across the venue and then started a circle pit and like everybody was like kicking the garbage up and like stomping all around and it was a great time. It was super fun. And uh yeah, it was it was really fun. But I'm pretty sure Gigi's goons were, you know, a little more intense than 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 that. Uh yeah, I would I would I would imagine. Um but Gigi's goons would bring eggs. They would bring jelly beans, penny rolls, maple syrup in beer bottles half full of beer, then throw it all on the crowd and all on Gigi. Uh, oh, I thought that was the catering of- for the show. Is it? Is it not? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they would they would even beat the shit out of Gigi while he played, uh, which is what he wanted. So don't think that you know he they turned on him. No, no, no. Uh, he wanted was, them to beat him yeah, up. He would like tell them. Request. Yeah. So some shows. Gigi would get beaten up, and some uh, he would beat the crowd up. On one occasion in Boston, Sandy attended a show. Gigi was drinking the entire night and breaking beer bottles on people's heads in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> on accident, yeah, on accident, he slipped and smashed his face on the floor uh, full force. The crowd came around and started beating him up while he was on the ground. <laughs> Sandy came up and started trying to break up the fight. And then, uh, well, it wasn't really a fight. She thought it was a fight. And yeah, he was just said, like, this is part of the show. He said that was the last time he remembered playing in Boston. I don't know, man. Being drunk, smashing his face, getting beat up. I'm surprised he wasn't his last time he remembered anything. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> like, true. he had to have some brain damage, right? Jesus. After his whole life, there had to be something going on. Yeah. Well, another show in Connecticut, Gigi was having sex with some girl. 
uh, when the show actually started. Uh, a friend, Dick Uren. That's a uh, great, I'm sorry, that's a good, that's a funny nickname. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was standing in, so the crowd that uh, thought that he was Gigi. Uh, when Gigi finally came inside, Dick introduced him, and Gigi pulled his pants down and started pissing on the crowd. I just pictured the crowd being like, yeah, that's more like it. That's Gigi. They're, like, getting pissed yeah. on their face. Like, it's so insanity. Anyone- Anyone he could reach with his stream, dude. Anyone he could reach is pissing on him. Dude, he started telling all the girls to suck his dick and shit. He was he was hacking up spit on the crowd again. The cops showed up and the show was then shut down. You obviously. don't say. Someone called the cops about that? Oh, dude. Uh, back home, Sandy wanted them to attend couples counseling to try and save their crumbling marriage. Uh, Gigi was becoming a terror to be around. He had different personalities. They would randomly come out. Uh, no one ever knew uh, who they were going to be getting. Which is not good for a marriage, I would say. You want no, consistency. No, yeah, not, no. Yeah. Well, he was always getting arrested for his antics at shows, but in 1989, he got picked up on a serious charge. He was arrested for assault with intent to do greatly, great bodily harm less than murder. Uh, Alan had shacked up with a girl, and during sex, he cut her, burned her, drank her blood, and then insisted that she did the same thing to him as if that and makes he, it like suddenly like, yeah yeah it's chill dude yeah no, no 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 it's cool and then he passes her the blade yeah yeah <laughs> like okay. i don't want to do that like well i already yeah. did it <laughs> well in the end Gigi pleaded guilty to avoid the felony charge and was in prison from december 25th of 89 to march 26th of 91 that sucks, dude. Going uh, to prison on Christmas? That's terrible. I'm sure he had a lot of family plans and he was right, going to wear right. a sweater and shit his pants, you know. Yeah. So Gigi's, uh, Gigi's last interview was in 1993 on uh, the Jane Whitney show. In his interview, he claimed to have more control over everyone's children than they do over over them. So Gigi saw himself as some sort of messiah for America's youth. Basically. Yeah, and his dad told him as a kid he was the second coming of Christ, and that's why he was named Jesus yeah, Christ at birth. That really boosts the ego as well. Yeah, so, no, if you watch that interview, he is very full of himself. He is a narcissist through and through. I think you have to be to be on that level of behavior. And yeah, you got to have a lot it. of confidence. So, uh, yeah, okay, confidence, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you have to have a lot of confidence and a lot of self-hate. Uh, he, yeah, probably. <clears throat> he was going to be the leader of the underground and lead a revolution against the government. Okay? Of course, because they're so interested in what you're doing, Gigi. The government is so entangled in you. Well, uh, just for collateral, he said he was going to rape the girls, maybe the guys, and he was going to be the king of everything when he uh, when, when he was at his shows. Yeah, of so, course. No, 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 no. Except for you, the cops, except for the venue owners, yeah, except when, for... When yeah, you're not the king so much as, you know, when you get shut down. Yeah, well, kind of taking yeah, away your throne. Well, let's get into his death because we're running out of time here. All right, so quickly. So Gigi Allen's last show was on June 27th in 1993 at a small club called uh, The Gas Station. It was a punk venue located inside a former gas station at 194 East 2nd Street in Manhattan. And during the second song, the venue cut the power. Two after songs. Which, two, that's a punk yeah. song? That's like four minutes in. Yeah. Two songs, so like after, two minutes each. <laughs> after that, he trashed the club, walked across the street naked, and then continued on 
now wearing shorts at this point, but still covered in blood and feces. That's normal in New York, uh, though. It's pretty common. You through, know. <laughs> yeah, so through the neighborhood, uh, and then followed by a large group of fans that were just kind of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And then after walking the streets for almost an hour, Alan eventually went to his friend Johnny Puke's apartment. Oh, dude, make that your instagram name johnny, johnny puke. puke i can't steal johnny puke's name johnny puke too i'm sure he's gonna send you hit you with a copyright claim <laughs> a dude uh, named I'll, puke oh he probably doesn't have a twitter i'll you know i'm giving all kinds of business ideas but i could i could create the twitter and then sell it to him there you go smart he's probably got plenty of money i'm gonna i'm gonna quit my job <laughs> right uh, now call him right i'm calling him tomorrow morning <laughs> hey you know what fuck Money you <laughs> all right so there uh, at Johnny Puke's apartment, he and others continued to party and use drugs. Sometimes during the evening, Alan ingested. Yeah. Why'd you he say ingest... that so happily? <laughs> they use drugs. Well, <laughs> you mean, sounded you know, pumped about it. I think naturally, I, you know, it's exciting. It's cool. Yeah, man. Do a bunch yeah. of drugs. It's tight. Yeah, forgive me. But <laughs> sometime during the evening, Alan ingested a large amount of heroin on which he accidentally overdosed and slipped into an unconscious state. Yeah, not a fun drug. Not a fun drug. I've never done it, nor will I ever. I Why just, would you? Why would anyone want to do it? Yeah, I haven't hit that point. Um, so sometime in the early morning of June 28th, Alan died from the effects of his heroin overdose. Later that morning, someone noticed that Alan still laid motionless in the same place where they had left him. And that's when they called the ambulance. Alan, uh, Alan was pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, he was two months short of his 37th birthday, man. So he was pretty young. I mean, yeah, not young, I mean, 36. Young, pretty, I mean, it's not young, 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 but it's youngish. I'm 35, man. That would mean that I got a year and a half left. <laughs> well, don't do heroin. I do have to oh, feel yes. that maybe the paramedics came in and it was kind of like when, like, the uh, what's her name called the police on OJ and they're like asking him about like football and they're like oh my god is that Gigi Allen they're like yeah dude I'm not fucking touching that dude yeah. <laughs> that dude's covered in <laughs> shit yeah dude I'm... God knows what else um yeah. but no his funeral was really weird there's a video of it. you can see the video on YouTube but he wasn't embalmed at his request he wanted to be buried as just a dead right. corpse and then they like. He was buried in a leather jacket with his tra- his trademark jock strap. Uh, he looked like shit. He was covered in dirt and grime and just disgusting. And he was buried with like records and drugs and like bottles of Jim Beam. And like everybody was like drinking Jim Beam at his fucking funeral. And it was like really, you know, just a good amount of like white trash nonsense. Right. But yeah, that's uh, that's Gigi Allen, y'all. Gigi Allen. Legends never die. If you listen, to, I listen a lot of Hank the Third, which can be dysfunctional at times. But you know, G.G. Like Allen was a huge fan of Hank Williams. Actually, I like his music, and well, he was friends and, with John Wayne yeah. Gacy. Not Hank Williams. G.G. Yeah. Allen was. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, his uh, what was it? Hated. Was the, uh, name of the documentary? It's like not the book. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's called like Most Hated or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The art, the the cover on it, it he actually had John Wayne Gacy painted that portrait of him. Yeah, he was friends with him, and I can't say that I'm jealous of either one of them. I, I don't know how close they were, but yes, he would visit John Wayne Gacy in prison. Very interesting. Yeah. To be that close to a serial killer and also be physically that close to a serial yeah. killer. But but yeah, I, I mean, I I listen to Hank III, uh, and yeah, he's got you know one or two songs dedicated to G.G. G. Allen. 
Yeah, he was a huge fan. So was his brother Merle, who uh, rocked a Hitler stash, which I can't say I agree with. Yeah, he did have a distinct, uh, very short, narrow mustache. Yeah, um, and actually, before we go, I do want to play uh, a bit of Gigi Allen for you guys really quick. This song is called Needle Up My Cock. It's not terrible, honestly. Um, it's not terrible. No, I don't think so. It's revolutionary. Is it, though? I didn't say inspiring. I just said it's revolutionary. I think it's it's definitely an eccentric way of, like, performing. It's different. But, like, you know, I'm just trying to be open-minded because I grew up listening to everything. It's like, nothing sucks. It's just, do you have an ear for it? The music. I mean, needle up my cock. Too, yeah, no, I mean the titling is, but you know, straightforward. The dude, I mean, he, he knew what he was saying about. Yeah. But anyway, there you go. There's a taste of Gigi Allen. Uh, if you want to, he is on Spotify. You can go listen to him on there after you listen to us at least eighty percent of the episode. And uh, yeah, we're there too. Yeah, we are also there. We also have t-shirts you can get on Redbubble, which is in our Instagram bio, which is the Chilling Truth Podcast. And you can follow me on Instagram at How the Dads Chill. You can follow Johnny at Johnny Sometimes, right? Is it still that, or did you change it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. Soon to be Johnny Puke, so get ready for that. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we will uh, catch you guys next week. Later. Later.